Hello and welcome back to our hit podcast. <laughs> hit. <laughs> the Faith Awakens. I'm calling it a hit podcast because we talked to several people this weekend who had heard of it or listened to it. Okay, we talked to a few people that <laughs> talked to one person this no, weekend. No, two. We two, talked to two. Two that actually listened to last week's installment and really liked it. Yeah. So I think that's enough to call it a hit podcast. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't one of the people um, that we had like told about. Like they. They found it they on their own. They found it on their own. Which so is great. So that is promising for the future of this podcast. There we are. So I am Father Tom Hennon, University Chaplain, and I'm joined today, as always, by... Megan Grady, um, still a student here um, until good to hear. hopefully next spring when I'll go out into the world to educate the children of America. That is a frightening thought. I mean, it that's a really terrifying. encouraging thought. Okay. I'm, wow. Yes. Well, I see that you have faith in me. That's I, I do. I do. Okay. <laughs> So, um, so did you do anything fun this weekend, Meg? Well, Father Tom, I did. I was on the Antioch team, the Antioch retreat we have here at St. Ambrose. That's so weird. I was on the same That's retreat. That's so weird. I think I saw you there. Yeah. Yeah. It was Absolutely. a lot of fun. It was such a fun weekend. Oh my gosh. We head out to, um, Sugar Creek retreat center. Mm -hmm. Um, where's that at? I don't even it know. It is Western Clinton County, sort of it's yeah. out in the beautiful rolling hills of of Iowa. Yeah, rolling. I ran out there and I was dying. Yeah. It, I ran six miles on Saturday and I it was it was so awful. Lots I'm glad hills. I wasn't doing it alone, but still it was yeah. the hills were bad. So for those who don't know, Antioch is a retreat uh, that campus ministry puts on twice each year, once in the fall, once in the spring, I guess technically winter this time, but yeah, um, once each semester, I'll put it that way. And it is a wonderful experience. Uh, we don't want to get into all of the details of it because it would ruin the wonderful right. experience it could be for you if you've not been on an Antioch. But it's, um, it's a student-led retreat, truly. So the students are really kind of putting this together and organizing it, of course, with the help of the campus ministry staff and all of that. But, um, and it starts on a Friday evening, goes all day Saturday, and then we have you back to campus by the afternoon on Sunday. So it doesn't take your whole Sunday. You still got time for homework and catching up on sleep yeah. and that kind of things. It's not a silent retreat or anything like that. It is very, it's fun, but it is, um, it's just a wonderful experience for students to kind of uh, witness to each other about their own lives of faith. And we have certainly had students on retreats, um, on Antioch retreats, including this past weekend, that are not Catholic and still get a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. And we've even had students that come on that Antioch retreat that are not even Christian and get a lot out of it. Yeah. So um, I, I think it can really be to the benefit of anybody. Yeah, and this was my third time on this retreat. And I can say that everyone is different, but every retreat is still just amazing. Yeah. And so beneficial especially in this spring semester where we're getting hit hard by midterms the next week it's a nice break yeah. from campus before all the stress begins um, so the yeah. sad news is there are no more antioch retreats this year no. um, so the next one will be next fall sometime and then again next spring um, but something to keep on your radar and uh, hopefully participate in. There will be some other um, retreat opportunities coming up. I know this spring semester still uh, we'll have what we call our busy student retreat. And that happens in, let me make sure I got the dates right. That is like in April. Um, and that's called a busy student retreat for a reason because it's built into your daily schedule. Basically, as a student, you uh, simply agree to uh, meet with a spiritual guide for about a half an hour each day and then you also agree to take some time in in personal prayer each day and then everything else is just kind of wrapped around your normal schedule as a student so um yeah that'll be coming up uh can't find the date for the life of me right now of course but it's coming up keep your eye on the bulletin and that busy student retreat will be happening soon 
Um, I think we're also going to do a senior retreat this year, which is something that we used to do in the past and kind of let go of uh, the last couple of years, but we're going to bring that back. And that's more, it's just a one overnight. It's actually back up at Sugar Creek where the Antioch oh. retreat places take place. And it's more kind of a reflecting back on your time at Ambrose as a senior um, and being grateful to God for the opportunities that you've had here and that kind of thing. So it's very much a, f- a fun and kind of reflective retreat in that way. Oh, um, so something to look forward to yeah. next year for you. And if you do decide to go on Antioch next year, you will have the chance to uh, possibly verse Father Tom in one of his many board games. Yes. Um, I just, I have some beef with Father Tom because he absolutely annihilated me in the game Sushi Go. If you haven't played Sushi Go, don't play with Father Tom. You know, I don't know how not to try to win. It's just my my nature to do that. No, so basically, I I won't go into details, but um, basically near the end of the game, you're supposed to count up how many points and whoever has the most points wins. And we go around and we, we think we're done. But, oh, Father Tom has conveniently forgotten to add up his points. <laughs> and, oh, he just happens to beat everyone. Oh, I forget to count oh, again? Oh, how could you forget? Oh, yes. Wow. There's 20 more points. Um, uh, right. Yeah. So, thankfully, Sorry. I was uplifted with the rest of the weekend. Otherwise, I just would have been sad yeah. about losing it again. I love me some board games, I have to say. <laughs> um, okay. Let's do a quick Lent check-in. Um, how are you doing with Lent? We're not even a week in um, by the time this podcast gets uh, sent out through the campus ministry bulletin. We'll be a week and a day in, but how's it going so far? Yeah, it's going good. I um, plan on going to adoration tonight, um, but I will say I feel like the first at least week or two weeks, it's getting used to on Fridays not eating meat because I was this close to making myself a turkey sandwich last Friday and oh, I yeah. didn't. Yeah. So I think it, there's like kind of like an adjustment, I guess you would say, to like the Lenten season. Definitely. Um, and just reminding yourself to abstain from eating meat on Fridays. That's that's just something I was thinking of. Yeah, it yeah is it's hard. Going well. You have to be extra conscious about it. So it yeah. is hard. How's your uh, Lent going? Okay. Um, same sort of adjustment issues, I think. I'm So the Frisati house guys, so that's a themed house on campus, uh, plus one who's not actually living in that uh, room in McCarthy. Uh, We agreed to do this year, or I agreed to do with them what we had done last fall. We did a thing called Exodus 90, a 90-day program. We're doing a shorter version of that and what we're calling Exodus 40 for Lent. But it includes such things. I've got the list right here in front of me. Um, Cold to lukewarm, short showers. That's sad. It's going okay. (laughs) Um, No alcohol. Nope, that's no problem. Um, No desserts and sweets. Uh, we did give ourselves as a group a pass this weekend on Antioch because three of the Frisati guys were yeah. on the Antioch. You should have seen well. their faces light up. When oh they man, I out. ate a, I ate a whole Lent's worth worth of cheese balls Same. just this weekend. I so agree. I don't yes. need to do that for a while now. Uh, <laughs> no soda or sweetened drinks. That's not really an issue for me. No television or movies. I don't have a television, so that makes it easy. But also like s- s- streaming, streaming services, services, Netflix. That's been a little hard. Like last night, I really wanted to just plop down and watch an episode of something and i instead practiced my piano like a good boy and um read a book (laughs) so um only music that lifts the soul to god i'm pretty permissive with that because i think there's a lot of secular music out there that can certainly lift your soul to god yeah Uh, doesn't have to be explicitly christian music or something but i agree uh, so that's not been too bad uh no televised sports not a big deal for me 
Um, I think the hardest one for me, and I'm still working on this, is trying to use your phone or other and computer only for like work or school purposes. And I'm so used to just being able to, oh, I'm interested. I w- there's something I want to learn out there. I'm going to Google this or I'm going to yeah. look at this news story that's interesting to me or I want to looking for this thing on Amazon. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So I got to stop that. Um, regular and intense exercise. I've not been doing that Ooh, at all. It was so nice yesterday. Why didn't you I run? know. Well, I was tired and I'm still kind of getting over a cold. So those were my excuses. Um, <laughs> uh, group prayer and meetings. That's kind of more on the guys that are doing that to make sure that they're checking in with each other since they kind of live together. Yeah. Um, but prayer is not usually an issue. Well, it is an issue for me, but um, it's been going okay so far. No major material purchases other than toiletries and food and things like that. No problem. Minimum of seven hours of sleep each night definitely did not happen over the Antioch retreat. No. Um, I actually have a, a watch that tracks my sleep now. And so I think I got five hours one night, which is pretty good. That's and six really hours good. another night. That is so good for Antioch. Yeah. And then I got a full eight last night. Especially so because your room was right next to the team's room and you could hear us. Team's room. No. Why were you that's near fa- us? Father Brian's room oh. is like on the other side of that wall. Um, but he doesn't stay Saturday night. He comes back to campus oh, on Saturday night. But so. you did hear us, so then wherever you I were. heard the group that got up to watch the sunrise on Sunday morning. Yeah. That kind of woke <laughs> me up. Sorry about that. That's okay. It's oh, cool. <laughs> so, um, so most of those things on that list, I feel like I'm doing okay on. I think the technology piece is the hardest for me by far. Yeah. I feel yeah. like for anyone. Yeah. It would be. It would be. We'll have to check in with the Frasati guys too. See sometime. how they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the Frasati guys was not on the weekend. And so we had said, hey, if we're all taking a break, he could take a break too. So um, relax some of those things. The other thing about this Exodus 40 or Exodus 90 thing is it does allow you to relax a little bit on some things on Sunday because every Sunday is kind of like a mini Easter. So you can celebrate a little bit on Easter. Don't go hog wild and eat a whole container of cheese balls, for example. Right. But you can have some snacks or whatever. Yeah. You know, have a warmer shower. Exactly. Yeah. A hot shower. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got several questions that came in. Um, we put out something on Instagram last night, and I know we got one question from that, and then you got some questions yes, from some folks too. So, But while we're still kind of on this Lent thing, I thought that this might be a good question to start with. Uh, the question that came in um, last night after we put this out on Instagram was, what's one thing you struggle with in your faith on a daily basis? And... Um, maybe we can each answer that for ourselves as best we can. Um, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Um, you can start. Okay. I, like I will be very honest. Um, people always think, oh, priests, you're like praying all the time. Yeah, and I am because I kind of have to. It's like my job. You know, I have mass and all this kind of stuff. Plus, I have an obligation to pray something called the Liturgy of the Hours, which is basically the Psalms, but divided up throughout the course of the day. Um, and so that's kind of automatic for me. That's always part of my day. I try to get a good chunk of that done in the morning. But I'll be honest, there are a lot of days when I'm praying the Liturgy of the Hours and I am flipping pages. You know, I am just like, okay, next page, next page. Yeah. I'm not really praying from the heart. I'm not really thinking about what I'm saying or praying. And that's something I really need to work on. Yeah. Um, so even in those kind of liturgical prayers that I'm obligated to do as a priest, um, keeping myself centered and focused and, and in the moment is important. But also the thing that I struggle with on a daily basis, I would say, is carving out time for a kind of individual, quiet, private conversation with the Lord in prayer. That is hard. 
Um, and it's always been a struggle. When I was in seminary, it was like built in because seminary always had like this structured schedule. You got up at this time, you had mass at this time, you had morning prayer at this time, you had breakfast at this time, you had class at this time. Um, all of that was kind of set out for you. There was a holy hour every day in the chapel at seminary, so you could go and do that. Um, and then you come back from seminary, you get ordained, you're sent to a parish or other ministry, and your schedule is literally different every day of the week. Yeah. And so it's really hard to anchor that. And I have told people this many times, and I've told myself this many times, I am a big believer that if it doesn't happen in the morning, uh, it's less likely to happen. So I think I need to maybe take advantage of this Lent and this Exodus 40 thing to try to anchor my prayer more in the morning. Yeah. Because, yeah, when the day gets by you, then you're tired and then right. you're not in the mood or you're, you got other things going on. You got to practice piano. Got to practice your piano. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> so like, you know, I've been trying to, when I, I usually walk over, I live very close. So I walk over from my house in the morning and I try, before I go to my office, I try to go directly to the chapel, to like the tabernacle area there and do at least part of my morning prayer there. Because I know the minute I hit the office door, I'm going to see that blinking light on my phone and I'm going to hear the message and I'm going to respond to the message or I'm going to boot up my computer and I'm going to look at my emails and I'm going to dive in immediately to responding yeah. to emails. So I'm trying to hit the chapel first um, before I let the day kind of get the better yeah, of me. Yeah, that sounds good. What about you? Um, I would say time as, time as well, like carving out time throughout the week. Um, a Sunday Mass, like obviously is a staple in my week so I don't really worry about that but um just like finding time to pray like you said I think that's a struggle especially with how busy everyone really on campus is this spring um I would say another thing would be staying focused my mind seems to wander during mass sometimes mm -hmm. and I'm not really paying attention and I've been trying to bring myself back to the moment and just kind of live there wherever we're at in the mass and just really like soak in the words that are being said. So I think that's something I struggle with too. But I, I also am trying to work on that this Lent. And so here's a confession from a priest. From a priest. Priests' minds wander too during Mass. Wow, really? Yeah. I think about that all the time when it's I'm crazy. like looking at you and I'm like, wow, what's he thinking? Sometimes I am in the moment and I'm celebrating well and I'm praying well and my heart is there. I would say a lot of the time. And I'm, yeah. I've been, I, 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 do, I, I make an e a conscious effort to do that. Um, but yeah, sometimes I'm sitting down and it's, you know, four lines into the first reading. I'm thinking about, hmm, I'm hungry for a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, as, as you know, I'm very human. You Priests are, are very human. human everyone. So yes, sometimes I confess I'm thinking about bagels. Wow. Where do you, okay. Nice. I've always wondered this when you're like holding up the host, where do you look? Uh, so that, like the moment of consecration yeah, and like, the elevation of the host, yeah. I will say I am pretty well focused. You're pretty that well time. focused I, during that. My mind is not usually wandering there. I think the physical activity of that right. lends itself to that too. It's right. not very, you can't, it's not very passive, right? You have, you're actively involved. And I am honestly, I honestly will think of like, I'll imagine Calvary. I'll imagine the cross and I'll imagine the resurrection or I'll, you know, wow. or I'll think of the person that I'm offering that mass for if there's a mass intention that day at that moment. So I do try to like be composed and conscious at right. that moment, certainly. Um, usually when I'm like holding up the host or the chalice, I'm looking at the host. I'm looking at the chalice. Yeah. You know, we, we believe that that is Christ present in, right. in that sacrament. So I believe that when I'm like elevating at the end with during the great amen, 
Yeah. Um, when everybody's singing that great amen, that's the conclusion to the Eucharistic prayer. Then I usually kind of pick a point kind of on the wall somewhere. <laughs> um, I hope I don't look like cross-eyed at that no, moment. You don't. I don't know. But no, you don't. I just like, yeah, I I would struggle with that because I feel like my eyes would just like randomly make eye contact with people. But I guess you're so focused, you don't really. Yeah. It's not like... I have a good and a bad habit that I picked up from being involved in like theater here when I was a yeah. student. And that is not generally to what they call break that fourth wall yeah. to make direct eye contact with the audience. Now, I know that the mass crowd is not an audience and right. certainly during homily, a homily eye ca- contact can be important. Um, and, th- and this is why this is kind of a bad habit. Sometimes I have this tendency to kind of look just above or beyond yeah. Um, or kind of through the right. people a little yeah. bit more than really looking at them. Yeah. And uh, the good effect of that, I suppose, is that, you know, well, in, in theater, that's an important thing, you know, so it doesn't kind of break that illusion. But liturgy is not theater, right? No, so you not. want to have that personal connection. So I have to kind of force myself sometimes to make <laughs> direct eye contact, particularly like on a daily mass or like Wednesday night mass and more when it's a little bit more intimate kind of crowd, smaller crowd. Um, I think it's important to make that eye contact. Yeah. No. Um, Okay, so I think we handled that question pretty well. Yeah. Good. Um, So other questions that have nothing to do with the faith, um, really. Well, one does. But let's start with this one. Best Star Wars movie. You go first. Well, I know know this is not original (laughs) at all, and most big-time Star Wars fans say this, but I think it is absolutely true. To me, Empire Strikes Back is hands down the best Star Wars movie, period. Um, it's just so well done. Um, I would say the same. Yeah, I love it. It introduces these cool new characters. It takes you. It expands the universe. It takes you across all these different places. It deepens your understanding of the Force and what that's all about. It's the it's the hard gut punch, you know, in terms of the the original trilogy because you find out that you know Darth Vader is Luke's father. Oh, that's a spoiler if you oh, haven't seen wow. those. Oh okay. wow! Yeah. Um, and spoiler alert. you know Luke loses his hand and. <laughs> You know, it's and it ends. It ends kind of. It's dark. You know, they're just like standing in that medical bay and like, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. But I love it. I absolutely love it. It's hands down my favorite. I agree. I would say the same. Uh, I think that part where it's like, I guess, I didn't have the luxury of um, having that be a surprise. I feel like mm. I've talked with somebody about. I guess this I didn't really either. Come to about like people, like that's just <laughs> people say that like. Luke I am your father you know and um, so I I didn't have the luxury I wish I did because I feel like it would have been I've talked with people that it was a spoiler or it was like a surprise for them and they said it was really cool like and they didn't expect it they were like oh so I wonder there must have been people at the time that doubted it too like no that can't be true or he's lying to him you know yeah they didn't have really google to like go yeah. to and be like oh. i loved all the different i loved one of the things i loved about that movie were like i say the different settings so i loved dagobah and hoth and tatooine hoth is amazing well tatooine was in the and uh, uh cloud city yep. all of those different locations were really cool oh, of course you got the kind of developing really actually deepening love story between han and leia in that movie too which is fun and i think in terms of writing it had the most kind of just fun comedic banter. Yeah. Um, if you watch episode four, A New Hope, the first one in the original trilogy, it's like halfway through the movie, they start to have that kind of fun banter. But the first half of the movie is pretty, pretty um, stoic in a way. Yeah. And then that, but that, that fun 
real human banter kind of continues nicely into Empire Strikes Back. So yeah, no, I it. would. I think we we're agreed on that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so that is that. Period. It is the best Star Wars movie ever. Um, okay. So someone had asked, "What was my reaction uh, to when I found out that I was going to come here to St. Ambrose to be the chaplain?" Yeah, especially because you're an alumni. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, I was both excited and scared, which I think is uh, a normal reaction. Yeah. I was excited because I did go to school here, and so I have a great love for this place. And so that was really cool to think, yeah, I'm going to be back at my alma mater. That'll be awesome. And I knew a lot of people from here um, that were still here, um, still do. So to kind of reconnect with them was kind of cool. I think I was scared just like you're scared for anything. Like, am I going to be up to this? Am I, am I the right person for this? You know, yeah. um, all of those kind of things. But mostly excited. I would say mostly excited. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And that first year I was also vocation director for the diocese too. So juggling kind of two jobs was kind of a chore. Yeah. But did you feel like, because who had been here before Father Chuck? Father Chuck Adam had been here. I came in as a freshman and you were, that was like your first year, I think. But um, how did you feel? Like, did you feel welcomed by the students in that aspect? Because I know yeah. it's hard when you have a priest for a long time and then, you, yeah. get, you know, it's hard to be the new guy, essentially. Um, well, yeah, it is kind of institutionally. It's strange because, yeah, Father Chuck had been here a long time because I came as a freshman when he came as the rector of the seminary and the vocation director. He wasn't yet chaplain, but he was here at Ambrose when I came as a freshman. Oh, wow. So he was like kind of like my chaplain coming in as a freshman. So he'd been here a long time. So institutionally... Uh, those that first year, really two years, uh, it was always kind of like, oh well, Father Chuck used to, and I, I appreciated that actually because I wanted to know like how did Father Chuck do this? You yeah, know, that was very helpful. Um, so that didn't really bother me too much. But yeah, it is hard. But in terms of student experience, you're exactly right. Like you come in as a freshman, and Father Chuck, who what? Yeah, you know, I didn't know. You didn't yeah. know who he was. You you only knew me as right. your chaplain. You know, right? Um, and it's weird to think that yeah, basically after this year like next year except for the grad students um yeah and everybody will have only known me as chaplain and that is so strange for me to think about but that's that's how the turnover happens in a university setting so yeah um why do we not eat meat on friday Hmm. i would yeah i saw this question and i'm like i also want to know during lent actually interesting the Catechism of the Catholic Church actually says that every Friday of the year you should either not eat meat or substitute some other kind of penance. Most Catholics do not know this. Wow. So Catholic trivia. Yeah. So actually, even beyond Lent, I try, try um, not to eat meat on Fridays. And if I do eat meat on Fridays, even outside of Lent, that I try to give up something else like give up a second helping of something or give up dessert or something like that you know yeah. some some little sacrifice and friday in particular because that's the the day of the lord's sacrifice that's the day that jesus died on the cross so right. um so it's always kind of a remembrance of that i think of that line you know uh, from saint paul we hold the death of the lord deep in our hearts you know we we remember this always yeah. you know we kind of proclaim this with our lives so that's why it's on friday why meet um uh, as far as I understand in the history of all of this, of course, meat was more of a delicacy uh, than it would be now. We're so used to eating meat all the time. 
Um, so meat would have been, been seen as kind of, this is an extra special thing, you know, um, slaughter the fattened calf and let's have a big party kind of thing. Right. Whereas other foods from grains or even fish, especially in the culture in which Jesus was around the Sea of Galilee, would have been more like staple foods. Uh, so Friday is just to be a day of, you know, kind of eating more simple or staple foods, not, um, you know, banqueting on a three-inch On a giant ribeye. cow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So... I think it is interesting, though, in the Midwest, like, okay, I won't eat meat on this Friday, but I'm going to go to Red Lobster, and I'm going to have a seafood banquet. Like, is that penitential? Yeah. No. 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 Or I'm going to go to an all-you-can-eat fish fry, um, which I do love. But Oh, my gosh. I love fish fries. I know. I was looking at the ones here in town. Saint Al- Here's a shout-out to St. Alphonsus. St. Alphonsus in Davenport uh, has probably the most famous Friday fish fry in the area. And they have an awesome fish fry. It's always very good. I looked at my calendar for all of the Fridays during Lent, and I have something every evening. No. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to make a fish no. fry at St. Alphonsus. That's such a bummer. But um, so, yeah, so that's kind of why we don't eat meat on Fridays. But really, to do something along those lines, even outside of Lent, I think might be a good discipline to get back to, into as a church. Yeah. So just always kind of setting that day off. Kind of like how we set Sunday off, too. So yeah. That's what I love about our Catholic faith is like we, we fast and then we feast. Yeah. You know, we have Lent for 40 days. We have Easter for 50. Yeah. So. We have fish fries. And then but we But now have, Father Tom can't go to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad. I'm sad for you. Well, I'll eat some for you. Don't worry. Maybe I'll get some carry out. I think they do carry out down there too. <laughs> so. Very good. So um, it's, uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up here, but thank you for joining us again for another, our second installment of The Faith Awakens. We probably won't have one next week because guess what? We'll be on spring break. Yay! And then we'll come back from spring break and we'll do another one uh, to drop that week after we get back from break. So Meg, have a great spring break and a good rest of your week. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you. Thanks, Father Tom. You too. After the break. All right. All right. Take it easy. God bless. May the faith be with you. And with your spirit. Oh, my gosh.